Welcome to Blog Talk Radio, and thank you for tuning in to another edition of Positively Affirmative. This is the show where we affirm you, our listening audience, with education, information, and resources in the areas of self-care, career development, business building, and wealth consciousness. Join your host, Katrina Jones, Prosperity Life Coach of Satari Life Skills Institute, Hasina Roach, Relational Consultant, and Radio Host, Wanda Miles. Now, here's your host, Katrina Jones. Hey, ladies. How's everybody doing today? Pretty great. Doing good. Awesome. Now, I'm having some technical difficulties over here. Today is the first day that I signed in using using from the computer with my earphone, but it seems as though... When I plug in my earphones, nobody can hear me. Uh, So I'm on the phone right now, and and there may be a little feedback. So, Hasina, uh, at some point I may need you to take the lead on this uh, while I try to work out these uh, technical difficulties I'm having on this end. But um, I'm very excited today to have Teresa Chambers with us. She is a a marketing consultant and strategist. How are you doing, Teresa? I'm great. Happy (laughs) first day of spring and happy Palm Sunday. Woohoo! Yes. Yes. Um, I want to read a little bit about your your bio. Um, Now, uh, Teresa. Uh, Teresa Chambers is on a mission to help entrepreneurs and artists make more, make more, and keep more. Um, with expertise as a writer, editor, marketer, and project manager, she has launched programs and products for corporations, universities, and community organizations from New York City to Miami to Silicon Valley and the world for more than 25 years. Her company, Tenth Muse Enterprises, offers marketing and publishing consulting services, um, as well as seminars, workshops, and retreats. Teresa also uh, meets one-on-one with uh, the business owners and artists uh, to help them develop business strategies. Um, business strategies and uh, helps them to make an impactful and profitable uh, difference in the world and 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 in their bottom line, their return on investments. So thank you, thank you, thank you for being with us, Teresa. Thanks for having me. You are welcome. You're welcome. So you know, start off by by telling us something about yourself. I, I know that I met you about a month ago at a community event, and, uh, you know, when you were telling me some of the things that you were doing uh, with some of the community organizations uh, in Delray Beach, uh, which is where you live, I was I was pretty excited. So please, you know, tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. So I do reside in Delray Beach. I have um, – I'm relocated to South Florida for the second time uh, two years ago now uh, from New York. And uh, I've really been seeking to connect with entrepreneurs and artists here. And the reason that I have done that is because the previous time that I lived in South Florida, I became aware of how rich the environment in South Florida is for entrepreneurs. So um, I myself wanted to strike out on my own after having worked in corporate environments for much of my career And it's not something that I ventured into lightly because I was brought up in an environment where, you know, I was taught to get a job and keep a job and work in that corporate kind of environment. And after years of doing that, um, I realized that it just wasn't um, the greatest fit for me. So um, when I returned to Florida a couple of years ago, I decided to pursue my own interests, which really kind of um, is aimed at bringing together a lot of my passions and interests. I myself am a writer, 
And um, I started out in journalism and have written short stories. And uh, my focus is really nonfiction, but I'm a memoir writer. I'm in the process of completing a memoir right now. Um, and I am I really have a strong connection to artists. I um, love, you know, every creative person. I believe that every person is creative person and has that capacity in some shape or form. And so really my vision is to facilitate bringing out the creativity of entrepreneurs and artists um, in whatever form it takes, because I believe that um, our creativity and unleashing that into the world is what will make all of us successful and make us happy. I mean, the numbers are like 70% or more of people who are working are unhappy in their work. Uh, what if we decided that we all would pursue the things that we love? Uh, we would probably all be happier and still all make money because we all have value. Hello, everybody there? Sounds like everybody cut off. <laughs> yes, I'm here. Uh, okay, I'm here. I'm here. That sounds great. <laughs> okay. Yeah, and it's, I'm here also. I, I'm I'm great. just trying. I'm, yeah, just trying to work on this earphone piece. Um, sounds really interesting, Teresa. Tell us. So, what area of marketing do you specialize in, and how long so, have you been in the marketing business? Well, um, I have been a marketer for longer than I'd like to think about, but um, it's my second career after journalism. Um, and so in total, it's been more than a, more than ooh, 15 years. And um, I focus, I'm a marketing strategist. So if you think about marketing and I've had, I have conversations with people all the time about how they work with marketers. And um, a lot of people think that they understand what marketing is. Um, but in my mind, and you know, I have, um, I've studied and worked in marketing. So I have a graduate certificate from Florida international university school of journalism and mass communications um, as well in their marketing communications program. And so what the way that um, I define my area of work distinctive from others in marketing is that I do strategy and planning. Other people do execution. So if you think about, um, and execution can look a whole bunch of different ways, but what I focus on is helping people figure out what it is that they have to market, figure out their brand, figure out their markets, figure out what it is they have to say, what kind of products that they have. Um, and that all has to get done in the strategy and planning phase before anything is created or implemented um, in a marketing campaign. And that's really my focus. And my background is in business to business marketing more so than in consumer marketing. So when I work with entrepreneurs and artists, I focus on helping them identify markets like um, corporations that could buy their work or partner with them or um, other uh, for artists, galleries, publishers, um, those kinds of entities so that they're marketing themselves to businesses and develop, we're developing a strategy in that direction as opposed to developing a strategy to help them sell more of their individual products. Does that make sense? Sounds good. Uh, yeah. For me, I think that my my brand is my voice. How would you market a voice? Was my question. I'm this is my biggest question, really. Well, I mean, your your voice can be marketed. Um there's an, an entire industry um yeah. that I've actually touched with. Uh, been in touch with over the last few years. The voiceover industry is an entire industry that does exactly that. There are 16 categories of voiceover artistry. So there's okay. so many ways that one can brand their voice based on what the specific characteristics are. And so, you know, it's really identifying what the unique characteristics of your voice is 
and identifying the places where you can experience those. I mean, you can have a voice that could be, um, you know, Siri, the person who is Siri on our um, Mm -hmm. iPhones is a voiceover artist, right? So, you know, and, and I'm sure that she has many different types. She uses her voice in many different applications. Um, but there is that category that is um, used for informational voiceover, right? So that would be a way in which someone could brand their voice. And when they go out to find work, then that's how they would position themselves. Because you're not going to be, you know, if you don't have a voice for animation, then why would you ever try to get an animation opportunity? So having to think... Well, but if you, you, it can be fun, but you know, I mean, (laughs) I I would love, I I would love to be a dancer, but I wouldn't do, I would be, I would be a poor dancer (laughs) so that I would never encourage anybody. I wouldn't help anybody develop a strategy as a, as a voiceover artist who has an anime for animation, if they have a, you know, a news voice. Got it. Extremely helpful. Thank you. Sure. Well, what's those are required in, in in your position on a day to day basis? I'm sorry. What what skills are required in your position on a day to day basis? So, what's your what is your day to day experience like? I guess in market. I mean, do you have certain projects that you go from day to day? Is it a week to week thing? Uh, how does that all work out? Well, I have I have clients that I take on for uh, short-term projects and for longer term. And okay. so it depends on the specific nature of what their needs are. That dictates what my days look like. Um, you know, my work day is a typical work day of a combination of phone calls, emails, meetings, and um, uh, networking. I think networking is a huge part of what I do. Um, I have to manage that, but I'm very and so I'm very strategic in the way that I do my networking. But uh, that's definitely something that has to fit into my schedule in order for me to grow my business and um, identify new clients. All right. Okay, that sounds great. And what parts of your job do you find most challenging? Um, hmm, that's a great question. And um, I, I really, from the entrepreneurial perspective, I've made a choice to do things that I really enjoy. Um, and so I find very few things really unpleasant. Of course, um, you know, there's always the drudgery of just like getting through uh, administrative tasks. We never really love those. Um, but I see the value of those uh, because I have, that's when I put my project management face on and I, I just look at everything in terms of how it fits into my project management process. So um, I can, I really feel like I can put things in kind of a modular perspective. Um, I don't spend too much time on too many terrible or frustrating tasks um, and I and I'm very very loyal to my schedule. So you know, if things don't get on my calendar, they don't happen. But my calendar is what I live by, and so I plan. I plan my entire day, and um, that's from when I'm going to make phone calls to when I'm going to do some writing uh, to you know my meetings, of course, that I schedule. So everything gets on the calendar, and that's how I keep things in order. So the hard part for me is when I don't get stuff on the calendar um, uh, or I forget to put something on the calendar uh, and things fall by the wayside. So that's the most challenging part for me. This is Katrina. (laughs) We appreciate you sharing uh, that information. A lot of times we work with aspiring entrepreneurs, those who have a desire to get out of the workplace and and to begin to use their gifts, skills, and talents to do the things that they think they would love um, or they know that they love, but they want to make a, a living out of it. 
And mm-hmm. so when we can have uh, folks come on the show and, and talk about how they've been able to make a living out of their passions and when they can talk about what their typical day looks like, really helpful, really helpful. When you were when you were talking a little bit earlier, I, I was I was still having some technical difficulty, but um, I wanted to kind of go back to uh, when you were talking about marketing and, and as you see it, I was at a workshop not long ago and someone gave a definition of marketing as being developing the relationship with your client, your potential client and advertising as being making the clothes. Um, what do you think about that? Um, that's an interesting notion, and I'm not sure about the context of that, but, um, you know, advertising is a part of marketing, um, certainly, and it does have a role. Uh, I see... Um, I mean, and advertising can look many different ways. It can have um, a value in building awareness, and you can see awareness campaigns on television all the time. The things that you complain about, about, oh, they're keep, they keep playing that same ad over and over again, that's about building awareness. <laughs> so that's a, that's a role. Um, and then over the radio, you hear, pla- you hear advertisements for um, sales. So that's making a close at that point. So at that point, you know, so really it depends on how the advertising is applied and what the strategy is behind it that determines what the true purpose of it is. Um, marketing is the umbrella um, discipline of all of advertising, promotion, um, public relations, all of those things fall under marketing. So I perceive marketing as the umbrella. It really is that discipline that covers and and encompasses all of those different pieces. Thank you for that clarity. What what part of your job do you find most challenging? What is that one? <laughs> oh, yeah, we covered that. So my my greatest challenge is things falling off my calendar. That's the big oh, thing. Sorry. Missing stuff because things fall off my calendar. That's oh, fine. sorry. Okay. That's all right. I, hear that. <laughs> I have a question, and this is more of a scenario per se. Let's say I do hair and I need more clients. How do I go about doing that? What would your marketing strategy be for me for me to get more clients? Well. <laughs> That's a great question. So the to me, what I would engage you about is what is your vision for what you ultimately want your business to be? So um, everybody wants to sell more, right? So that's not really – that's a tactic. That's not a strategy. Let's sell more stuff. So we can come up with tactics for how you can sell more of whatever it is that you have to offer. However – the strategy behind that is unique to your business. And so what do you plan to do as far as your whole identity as a business? What is your long-term thinking about what you want to do? Because, I mean, getting, a hair, getting more, hair, more people in to do, your hair, do their hair, you know, do you cut hair? Do you do natural hair? Do you do um, chemical-treated hair? Do you um, – do you, only do hair of for a certain culture. Do you? I mean, there's just so many ways. Do you want to do celebrity hair? Do you want to? I mean, there's just so many ways to slice it. So it's really important from a strategic perspective to think about what it is, who your client is, and what it is you actually want to do with your business, because those are the questions you have to answer first before you can find your market. Okay. <clears throat> So, and I, and I, I guess I wanted more information about that. Let's say so I can maybe make it a little, like, so I can get more information. Let's say I only do weave. So I do sew-ins okay. and all those type of things that are more on a synthetic level 
or where you not, you buy a natural hair and you put it in. So how mm-hmm. would I market myself just for that? What would what would you say is the best thing? Well, do? I would say that the best thing is to identify if you are um if you're if you're in a local area, you have business strategies that are focused on your local area that can only be targeted in that way. And so if you're looking at hair salons, you have to have people come in. So you really are talking about your geometry, ge- geography, sorry, um, around your salon. How far will people travel to come to your salon? So there's, a, there's research that has to be done on that aspect. How far will people travel? How much will people pay relative to how much you're charging? And then you develop a strategy that says, okay, well, I will do uh, some kind of communication that's appropriate to connect with my particular client base that I'm targeting, and I will, um, I will have, I will target them for, um, you know, for this amount of time because I'm trying to reach a certain number of people. Um, I will. Um, decide on how many times I will communicate to them so that they don't get overwhelmed, but they get the message. And I would map it out like that. So it's how close can I get to, how how far do I have to communicate? How many people do I want to reach? And, <clears throat> excuse me, and then um, who do I want to reach? Who's buying my product and how much are they going to spend? And those are the kinds of things that will go into making a decision about you know, what exactly we're going to do to market. It could be, you know, some people, if you're targeting young people, I mean, honestly, I'm not familiar with the hair weaving industry per se, so I can't speak specifically to that. But you, if it's, you know, if your demographic is, you know, 18 to 24-year-old women, then you need to find out how many 18 to 24 women are within a certain parameter, perimeter of your uh, salon and then determine how you're going to connect with them, probably over social media, figure out what channels they're on, how are they making those decisions about where they go to get their hair done, and how much do they spend. Those are the elements that would go into a plan to help you build your business. Wow. uh And that definitely sounds like a strategic plan. But let's begin to talk about let's begin to talk about strategic partnerships because what business, are strategic partnerships? <laughs> <laughs> okay, this is new. great. Strategic partnerships are not new. Strategic partnerships have been around uh, as long as I've been alive, and even before, probably. <laughs> um, okay, but new to perhaps me. Perhaps. Okay. So, you know, the idea, strategic partnerships can look many different ways. So what we are talking about, what I talk about when I address strategic partnerships is I talk about um, businesses partnering with other businesses to help you win business. Again, I'm a business-to-business focused person primarily. Um, that being said, that doesn't all, it's not limited to that. So, for example, there are a couple things that um, come to mind that I think would be helpful to to kind of explain that perspective. Um, let's say um, you are – I'll use an example that, um, that actually I experienced. So I – one of my services that I will offer to entrepreneurs is that I write business plans. So I'm, you know, I certainly help with the marketing part of it, but I can also, um, I'm a writer, so I can certainly write an entire business plan. What I don't do is uh, financial projections. That's not my area of expertise, and there is no way that you would want me to do that, and I would never ask, I would never offer that service to you. However, um, I have a colleague who is a CPA, and she, uh, and that's what she does, and that's all she does. And so she was approached by someone who needed a business plan, uh, but she only did the financial projections. So she reached out to me and said, Teresa, why don't we 
pitch this business together. And because she couldn't have gotten it by herself, she needed the other part of that service in order to be able to build the business, to land the business. And so she and I went into our own agreement, got our own agreement of how we would partner, and we were able to offer the service to a client, and we won the business. Excellent. So, what? So that's one example. Um, another example, as I was, you know, as I've been thinking about uh, engaging with people about this idea of strategic partnership, is with regard to nonprofit organizations. I have been approached by many nonprofit organizations to help them uh, with grant writing and to figure out their strategies for how they want to. Um, secure funding for their business, for their um, organization. And with nonprofit organizations, um, they have a really cool opportunity to have, to bring on strategic partnerships. Um, And oftentimes it's a requirement that they have uh, for a, from a funder where they have to show that they have other entities vested in their uh, programs and services. So um, on a grant application, the funder will ask, well, who are who who else is involved in this program? Who do you have who um, is providing you other money or other in-kind services? And so the opportunity for a nonprofit organization is to ha- to demonstrate their viability by bringing strategic partners on board. So you have um, an after-school program. There are many many nonprofits who start after-school programs, and when they start the after-school program, they need need to have food. They need to have uh, sometimes transportation or other services. And a funder may or may not provide that. But if provided, how are you going to provide food to your children uh, in an after-school program? Well, you go out to your community and you identify businesses that become your strategic partners who are interested in supporting the growth of your program. And those are the people who you list on your grant applications as your in-kind contributors. Those are your strategic partners. They're helping you win business, and grow your programs. So, Teresa, going back to the example that um, Hasina had with the hairdresser, how could that particular um, person or entity develop partnerships? Well, that would depend on what her goal is, but, um, you know, it could be as – it could be a partnership with a new hair provider, let's say the, the extension example. So if there is a new entity that is attempting to get more people to use their hair extension, then they could have a partnership where um, they agree to you, you know, that she ex- offers an exclusive agreement to use their, their hair for the services they provide in terms of hair extension. So, um, and if people, and if that hairdresser has been looking for a way to grow their business and the hair extensions are their new opportunity, then it becomes something that's mutually beneficial for them. Great. That was a great example. Thank you. We sure. are going to take, we're going to take a commercial break, um, but then we're going to come back and we're going to, you know, we want to, I'm I'm curious to know um how easy or difficult is it to um to find strategic relationships but we're going to take a Great. we're going to take a break and we're going to come back. Perfect. Satori Life Skills Institute is an instructional business institute offering business development classes to aspiring entrepreneurs and those interested in personal and professional development. We are a team of consultants that specialize in specific areas of business. 
We come together to provide a comprehensive package of services using a holistic approach that ensures that you receive leading-edge information in leadership, social and emotional intelligence theory, and practical application. Satari Life Skills Institute is dedicated to empowering aspiring entrepreneurs and those interested in personal and professional development in the areas of self-care, career development, business building, and wealth consciousness. We'll help you find the answers to powerful questions. How am I conducting business? Am I living my mission statement? Am I leaving this place better than I found it because of my contribution? We offer coaching sessions, consulting, and business and personal development classes. Satari Life Skills Institute. We've developed a series of classes that provide real-world tools and strategies that yield solid business, professional, and personal results. Basic bookkeeping, what business owners need to know. Be successful, how to start and stay in business. How to survive in the U.S. business culture. Networking to get business. We also offer free one-session workshops that provide education and resources that outline the steps that startups need for success. And then there's our Mastermind Business Group, an ongoing monthly support group that focuses on aligning goals, learning, and growth with other like-minded professionals. To learn more about our classes, visit us at SatariLifeSkills.com. That's SatariLifeSkills.com. S-A-T-A-R-I LifeSkills.com. Or call 800-590-0056. SatariLifeSkills.com or 800-590-0056. And join us here weekly on Positively Affirmative every Sunday at 5 p.m. Satari Life Skills Institute. Transform and grow your life and business. Great. We are talking with Teresa Chambers, marketing consultant and strategist. Teresa, a lot of times when um, individuals form businesses or entities form, the, the, the relationship building and the collaboration with community, with the community is vital. How easy or difficult is it to find strategic partnerships? Well, um, actually, I would say that I am a I am a big advocate of networking and attending networking events. I think that the most important thing for you to do is to be strategic about the nature of the networking events that you attend, um, but go. Um, And that's where you're going to find your partnerships. If you are going to networking events where you are meeting other entrepreneurs who have similar interests to you, then even those people can be partners for you. Um, but you. But it's really about having a conversation, not necessarily expecting that you're going to have a relationship and set up a partnership immediately, but really getting to know people, understanding what their goals are and thinking through about how they can complement your business. And so really the first step even before that is to really understand what your business goals are so that you can actually um, think about how, who you might need as a strategic partner and where you can also identify opportunities that you might not have seen as opportunities before. So um, thinking about um, me as a marketer, of course, like I said, I do strategy and planning. However, execution, I know I can manage execution, and there are plenty of people who handle the execution part. So uh, strategic partners for me can include um, graphic designers, printers, uh, digital printing, um, uh, digital printing services, um, and uh, a whole range of people who do the execution part of marketing that I don't do. If someone, if I'm aware of a client, a potential client who is looking for someone to do full service marketing, and I know that the area that I work in is the strategy and planning, but I want to win this business, and I know that there is an affinity for me with that organization, 
then I can certainly reach out to a team of people. I have, then I'll have, you know, all of my resources that I connected with at various networking events available to reach out to them to see if we can put together a strategy and a proposal to win the business. Great. And what I'm hearing you say is that, you know, partnerships don't, just because I go to a networking event and just because I meet someone doesn't mean that there's going to be an instant relationship or instant partnership. I hear you saying that sometimes, a lot of times, partnerships take time. So building that relationship, developing that relationship, knowing what your needs are, even knowing what their needs are, and if those needs are are a match. Absolutely. That's great. Thank you. That's it. That's it. You know, and sometimes what happens is that, you know, you come across – you know, you, you meet a lot of folks, and it could be months down the line where before you even, you know, have a conversation but or something's presented to you, and you're like, oh, my gosh, I can see, you know, I can see how I could work with this person, or because I'm the kind of person who is a giver, um, I don't think that every piece of business has to be a piece of business that I'm involved in, then I'm aware, and I can put other folks together, um, to create an opportunity and provide a service for someone who's in need. So, you know, that's really the value of the networking. And I really, you know, I do emphasize that because I think it's very important for all of us um, to be strategic because your partnerships are not just, um, you know, it's not only about you growing your business, but it really is providing the best service for your clients. You know, so a larger client could also be a strategic partner for you in terms of lead generation um, as well. So you have a client that you're working with and they are trying to enter new markets and you have a particular relationship that they didn't know that you had, but it creates an opening for them to be able to get into that market. And that's a strategic partnership as well. So it's really, you know, it can look many different ways. Um, but the goal is that the, the point of it is really that you're not being hired as an employee by someone. Um, you, a lot of times businesses are looking for clients and they just really, you know, they're so focused on the one thing that they're doing that they can't see how their service or someone else's service can be complementary and create an opportunity that they couldn't they just couldn't have gotten on their own. I mean, I think also I'm working on another project right now with artists because I I'm very passionate about bringing all kinds of artists work into um, their, their markets. And really, I'm, I love painting. And so, you know, thinking about visual art and the trend now with the paint and sip parties and that kind of thing. So, you know, how about having um, a really talented artist um, do a painting event um, as a, and allow them to connect with their community, the target audience that they want, um, but also showcase their art in partnership with, you know, these are paint and sips, so in partnership with a wine brand. That's a strategic partnership. Getting exposure. They have a mutual interest in connecting with a particular target audience. Did we lose everybody again? I'm sorry? Nice. Everybody. No, we're, we're here. here. We're, we're here, Hasina. Yeah, that, that does sound very strategic, you know, very strategic. Right. How how do I set up strategic partnerships so that no one takes advantage of me? Well, um, once you, I I always start with an, an initial conversation to really understand, you know, how you would want to work together. But it's of course it's important to always always have a contract, and you will need a lawyer to get your legal paperwork in place. It doesn't have to be anything complicated or complex because strategic partnerships tend to be limited in scope so and for a limited period of time. 
So, but you should have paper, something in writing that really, that defines your relationship, the terms of your agreement, the terms of your, your scope of work, and both of you sign. And you should never be afraid to ask people for that. And no one should be, should hesitate to a legitimate business person should never hesitate to, to go into an agreement with you and, um, you know, never feel like you're desperate, so desperate that you're just going to take on, um, agree to do work for free. I don't believe in doing work for free. Um, and I don't advocate that because that's not a, that's not business. That's a hobby. So make sure that you get paid for your work. Make sure that the terms are outlined very clearly in writing and everybody signs and don't do anything until that happens. Great. Great advice. Ladies, do you have any questions? Well, Teresa, how how do you work with clients to help them ask the right questions when it comes to developing allegiances and long-term partnerships? I think that's a great question. So the way that I work with, um, with my clients is I start out with that initial conversation, that initial consultation where I ask about, what are your goals? What is your what's your you know your short term, mid term, long term goals? What do you envision? And we really just talk. And I think that you know one of the things that I do really well is I listen well, and I make sure that I take notes and summarize and and re- repeat back what someone has said to me about what they're really really looking for. And I really work with them to get clarification on that. And so once we've gotten clarification on that, then I can say, okay, well, things that you can do, you can do X, Y, and Z, because I think that at sitting down and just having the conversation and, and having a sounding board oftentimes uh, allows a client to really think through what it is that they're intending to do um, and having feedback from someone who is simply there to listen and to help and to guide um, is allows them to be able to really open up and be honest with themselves about what their expectations are and what they intend to do. Um, I've, I've talked to people who have a notion about what they want to do but when you dig a little bit deeper, they say, oh, well, actually, I didn't think about X or I didn't think about Y. And so, you know, then the question becomes, well, does this fit into your, does this really fit into what your strategy is? A lot of times, and I've been guilty of this myself, where <clears throat> I have, I, you have a lot of ideas and you have, you know, you're like, oh, I want to do, you know, all of these things. I just had a recent experience for, of that myself. Um, where I had an idea about something I wanted to execute. Um, and you think big, and then you start to really talk through it, and you're like, oh, well, it's going to require X, Y, and Z, and this time frame, and that's not realistic because, you know, at the end of the day, the goal is to not just do something but to do it well to be successful. You want to make money right? You're in a business to make money. And, you know, I always talk about how we get to the bottom. How are we going to monetize this? That's a question. And anybody who knows me will tell you, that's always the question that I end up coming back to. How are we going to monetize this idea that you're talking about? Because if you're not going to monetize it, then again, it's not a business, one. But the other thing is that you spend a lot of time on something and a lot of energy on something that's not making you money and the things that will make you money are the things that you don't spend a lot of time on and then you wonder why you're broke. Uh, so I hear I hear you saying not only knowing your, your strengths, your weaknesses, uh, your opportunities and your threats, but, but also having a concrete 
strategy monetize, uh, strategy in place um that at the at the bottom you know at the end is going to bring in bring in clients or you know bring in money or whatever it is that your goal is yes um you know, I, as I said, I'm a project manager and it's really, you know, one of the things that we talk about a lot as project in project management is um, that, you know, the, the planning stage of a project is the time is where you spend most of your time. And so understanding that and how that applies, it really does apply to everything. So you have to really be willing to invest the time and effort that it takes to plan before you execute anything. And so when you're talking about strategy, you know, there's that, there's, there's, yes, let's, let's, let's dig deep into what exactly it is we're doing and what our expected outcomes are. And let's see if what we're actually planning to do will deliver the outcomes that we want. Okay. Okay. Well, now, how how long? Oh, go ahead. Is that you, Wanda? No, I was I was. Go ahead. I was just pondering a thought in my head, but let me form a sentence. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> well, I had a comment about it. What you're saying when it comes down to it, it's all about the money. At the the end goal is to make money. And I was speaking to somebody, I think yesterday, and they were saying the first thing you should try to strategize is how much is it that you need to make to pay your bills, your regular monthly bills, and then um, build upon uh, build upon that. Am I correct? Well, that that is part of your planning is certainly what your expenses are. Yes, absolutely. That's not, I don't know if that's the first thing. Um, I don't know if I'd agree with that. I think that that is, because that's a short-term proposition, right? Um, if you are in the business for the long haul, you know, then you really have to think long-term and think about, okay, yes, I have to lay out my budget. Um, I have to know how much money are gonna, is going to cover my expenses. And the expenses, of course, as a small business owner, certainly include covering your basic living expenses. But beyond that, you know, you have to think about what are the expenses for me to actually grow my business? Um, And once I've covered those expenses to grow my business, how much money can I throw back in the business? How much money can I just pocket? Can I hire, can I start to hire people? I mean, you know, think about, you know, in the in the first year of starting a business, sure, you got to make sure that your bills are paid. But you also have to make sure that you can do some kind of investment in your business for growth. Um otherwise, you may as well go and get a job. Really? Right? Because right. now you're just talking about how am I going to live? <laughs> so, go get a job and you can live and you know how much money you're going to have coming in. And that's really it. But if you're talking about growing a business, your strategy has to be about what, what am I really trying to do here? What am I, you know, do I, what is my, why, did, why would you go into business? Why, what is that thing? The first question you ask is, why am I in business? That's where you start. And why you're in business is not to make money because there are other ways to make money, right? You can get a job. You make a choice not to get a job for a bunch of reasons, and you have to find out, figure out what that is for you. What's that reason? And then how you, how you run your business and how you operate your business is about your budget. How do I make the money that I need to make in order to keep my business running, in order to grow my business, in order to build my team, in order to have a greater footprint, in order to retire and pass my business on to my children. Those are the kinds of things those are the kinds of things you have to think about um in order to really have a great strategy um that you can actually that actually will be a long term strategy. 
If you're in it for a quick buck, that's a different thing. I'm not I don't think about that. Absolutely. Now you talked about um how you work with clients and the questions that you help them to ask when it comes to developing uh, allegiances and, and and partnerships. How long does it take to see results and what kind of results should customers expect from you? Well, the question of how long it takes to see results is one that is specific to the client and what the goals are. Um, and so, uh, yeah, that's very, very, very specific. Um, there's no general rule about that. Um, I like to work for clients for at least three months um, and preferably in terms of developing um, a real strategic plan and to test to see how it executes and make adjustments. I think that six months is, a, is realistic for a minimum amount of time to work with a client. Um, I think that as a business evolves, there's always a need to readjust your strategy. And so, you know, I, I think that I will always have value for a client. So that's up to them to make that determination about how they, whether they feel that they can manage their strategy on their own or if they need to have me continue with them. Um, but I think that, the you know, in order to really identify, define, and plan a strategy, and then test it. You have to test it. Yeah. Um, I don't go into, uh, into a meeting with a client and guarantee anything because that's not, I mean, you know, that, that would be, if I could tell you exactly how to run your business, then I would be retired already because there's something I know that, you know, I'm like God in my opinion, <laughs> but that's not the case. So, <laughs> so yeah. I'm going to work with the, I'm going to work with the client and help, and we're going to figure out a plan that will make sense based on what the goals that the client has for their business and we and I'll help them execute, start to execute that. I will help execute. I can certainly manage that. Um, but, you know, a strategy and a plan is that. It's a strategy and plan. So if you agree with that that makes sense for your business, then that is pivotal for you to be able to now say, okay, well, now I can have some ads designed. I can um, – do um, my marketing materials. I can get my logo done. I mean, the whole idea of branding is um, something that takes months in and of itself. And so working with a client just on figuring out what their brand is, is a process. So that can take several months alone, but having understanding what your brand is still doesn't create a plan. But those things can work, we can work together simultaneously on those kinds of things. And um, I like your timeline. That that was pretty realistic. Um, you know, you you know, three months, six months, and you know, it's, it's very similar to what we say in coaching. Um, you know, once a person sets a goal, it takes time for them to begin to execute it. Again, look at the results. Um, you know, it, it takes time to see that transformation, to, to yeah. see that change take place. So that makes a lot of sense. I want to ask you, Teresa, how can our listening audience reach you? So... Excuse me. Um, I do have um, a website, but so there are a couple of things. You can you can schedule time with me um, by going to www.talktotresa.com, and you can schedule a 30-minute consultation with me. And my website is www.tenthmuseenterprises.com. I'm also on Facebook. Tenth Muse Enterprises, and on Twitter at Muse with Me. Nice. Tell us about some of your upcoming projects because you're working on some really exciting projects right now. Yes. Well, I'm really excited 
to be hosting my first two-hour workshop this Wednesday in Delray Beach. If you're listeners in the area, I would love for them to come by. And Mm -hmm. it's a two-hour workshop called Get Over Yourself and Make Money with Your Art. And that workshop is going to help artists of all kinds, painters, writers, musicians, performers, get into a mindset where they stop making excuses for whatever it is that's keeping them from producing their work. Then we're going to talk about the brand. We're going to help them figure out what their brand is. We're going to start that work, and we're going to identify markets that are going to help them make money now. So that's this Wednesday from 6.30 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. in Delray Beach. And if you want to register for that, it's $25. And I have another strategic partner who is a chef who has agreed to provide refreshments for the evening. Um, her name is, um, her, her, her brand is Healthy, Cook, Healthy Cooking by Barbara, and she's also based in Delray Beach. And Barbara is going to be providing refreshments, but it's $25. And if your audience is interested in registering for that event, I'd love to have them. And they can go to nomorestarvingartist.instapage.com to register. And I bet you, I hope you'll put this up on your blog, but you can also find the information on. Great, and you can also find it on my Facebook page. What was your Facebook page? Tenth Muse Enterprises. Awesome. Um, you did send me that link, and we will definitely um, post it on uh, Positively Affirmative Radio. Absolutely. Thank well, we you. are coming. You're welcome. We are coming upon the hour. Are there any last words that you would like to leave to our audience? Someone who may be an aspiring artist, um, an, an aspiring entrepreneur. Um, nuggets. Well, what nuggets I. Well, um, I did have uh, someone reach out to me in advance and ask me about. Um, whether there is a there needs to be an intermediary between the strategic partners, and so I wanted to uh, answer uh, Marlon's question, which is uh, you certainly can involve a third party, um, per, and I think a lawyer would be the best. But I think that initially you really have to just meet people, talk to folks, find out what you guys have in common what common interests, if you have a common audience that you're trying to connect with, then you can think about how you might be able to work together to come up with a product or a service that you can offer to this, this audience together to allow you to connect. So really think about um, who you're talking to and whether you feel like they're going to buy your stuff today or not just make sure that you have a connection, that you keep in touch. Let people know what you're doing because you never know who they know, right? You never know who people know. And that's really the greatest benefit of reaching out to folks, connecting, staying in communication. Don't spam anybody. <laughs> Build your list and communicate and, and look for opportunities. Be open. Be open and be in a be always feel like you want to give be in a giving mindset not just taking and looking for somebody to give you something and i believe that that is the way that you will grow and be successful in business great advice sounds great Lisa. thank you <laughs> thank you yeah thank you so much for joining us today and um like for you to know that you can you're welcome on our show anytime. But this has been this has been really knowledgeable. This has been very, very informative. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you all for having me. All you're right. You're welcome. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right. Well we are we're gonna bring this edition to of Positively Affirmative to a close and um join us again next week. Bye everybody. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. We'd like to thank you for tuning in to another edition of Positively Affirmative. 
This is the show where we affirm you with education, information, and resources in the areas of self-care, career development, business building, and wealth consciousness. Join your host, Katrina Jones, Prosperity Life Coach of Satari Life Skills Institute, along with Hasina Roach, Relational Consultant and Radio Host, Wanda Miles. We teach aspiring entrepreneurs and those interested in personal and professional development how to create positive shifts in their work life and balance so they can become the director of their own life stories. Is your life story one you would love to see improve? Then join us here live every Sunday at 5 p.m. Bring a friend and share the prosperity. <laughs> 